Well, good morning. If you've got your Bibles, go ahead and turn to Mark chapter 4, and uh, we'll be looking at verses 21 through 29. Uh, but this is Family First Sunday, and so there's a bunch of kids in here. So if you're a kid, just kind of put your hand up in the air for me, and somebody give that kid a high five and tell them that you're glad that they're in here. Listen, uh, one of the most encouraging things about our church is how many kids that we have involved and how many families that we have involved. And so uh, it's funny, Cody had his hand up in the air and was waiting for Joe to give him a good. Uh, so the, this is one of the great things about our church. Uh, but look around. We're running out of room in the service again. <laughs> So that's a great problem to have. Uh, so I need some of you uh, to pray about coming to the early service. Listen, the message is the same. The worship is the same. Uh, everything's the same except for it's a little bit earlier that time of day. Uh, but I want you to understand the first service is beginning uh, to grow also. We started out with about 40 to 50 in there. Uh, we averaged about 75 to 100 in that first service. And so we're continually filling up God's church. Amen. And so I'm excited about that, uh, but I need some of you to help me uh, come to that early service so we can continue to grow, okay? So I know you're like, man, he just started off his message. Why would he start by challenging us? I promise you it gets better, okay? Um, when you think about Mark chapter 4 and verse 21 through 29, this is one of those passages of scripture that's really common for everybody. But before we get there, the title of this message is A Light That Grows Stronger. And so I want you to understand this morning, you may be a dim light to start this sermon, but by the end of it, I hope that you'll be brighter and brighter and brighter. And so I want you to think, because there's a couple of different types of lights. And so if you've been under any of these lights, uh, some of them are like the, the, the school lights that just seem to drain the life out of you. Uh, so here's a couple of the types of lights that there are. Halogen lights, which is one of the lights uh, that exist. Another is incandescent and then another one is fluorescent. And so we have all of these different types of light that shine at different brightnesses. Has anybody ever had a light that has gone out and you had to replace it? And you spent hours in Home Depot or Lowe's trying to figure out what that little W means and all these different things just so that you could match it. But here's the reality. I have some frustrations with lights. And I don't know about you, but sometimes light kind of is frustrating to all of us. So when the power goes out, inevitably every flashlight in our house, the batteries are dead. Anybody else's house like this? I don't know what happens to the batteries when the lights are on, but they're not there when the lights go out. How many of you, when one bulb goes out, you replace all of the bulbs because they have to match? So a fun fact, if you look at the... Uh, uh, the sconces in this room, when one goes out, all of them get replaced uh, because I can't stand looking at one light that's a little bit brighter than the others. And so uh, maybe you're not as much OCD like me, but whatever it is. How many of you are to the stage because I just entered into the stage and I'm looking for a little bit of wisdom with this. When you go to the restaurant and you pull out your flashlight on your phone so you can read the menu... Is anybody in this stage? I, I was trying to get by without having everybody know, but the reality is I've entered into this stage at 46 years old. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. I have contacts in. Uh, they're not helping. But it's crazy because now on my desk is this light that is so bright that I feel like I've got a better suntan on my face just so that I can read. 
right? So we've kind of grown with this, understanding light and different things like that. Now, how many of you have taken down your Christmas lights? How many of you are just going to leave them until next year? Okay, we've got a few of those people that are in here. Uh, how, when you take down those lights, you look around at your house and you go, what happened? Why is this place so bare? Why is it that no light? And listen, the effects of light have that effect on us. The reality is most of the struggles that we have with light are from not having enough light. So this is the result of us maybe not using our light properly. And so I I love there's this little video of a song, and this is kind of my childhood growing up. And so just a a forewarning, this song will be stuck in your head for the rest of your day. Uh, It's a little bit of an awkward like little video because it's uh, back in the 80s and 90s. And if you want to know what Jeff Hubbard looked like as a kid, he's the, the kid in the bottom right. So let me share just a video of one of my favorite songs growing up. I know I was cute, right? What happened? will empty out here really, really quick. So this video is this little light of mine, okay? And and when you think about this video and you think about these words, anybody heard the song, This Little Light of Mine? Okay, go ahead and sing it with Gary DeBose. Come here. This guy will sing in the middle of anywhere. Ready? Hey, this little light of mine, I'm gonna let it shine. This little light of mine, I'm gonna let it shine. Wait a minute. We didn't uh, do the full version. That's the full version. Don't let Satan. Don't let Satan blow it out. I'm going to let it shine. Don't let Satan hit out. I'm going to let it shine. Don't let Satan hit out. I'm going to let it shine. Let it shine. Let it shine. Let it shine. Hide it under a bushel. No. I'm going to let it shine. Hide it under a bushel. No, I'm going to let it shine. Hide it under a bushel. No, I'm going to let it shine. Let it shine. Let it shine. Let it shine. Woo. Give it up. Now, that was much better than me doing it and even better than the video. Can we stop with the video now? Um, I feel like this is going to be This is what happens when a pastor loses control of everything in the service. Uh, So this little light of mine is a song that has been sung for years, and it's based on this passage of Scripture. And so the reality is this morning, I want you to consider as we walk through this passage of Scripture, is your light shining? If you're a kid in here and you hear the words to those songs, if you're an adult that's in this place, as we read this passage of scripture, I want you to think, does my light shine bright? And so Mark chapter 4 and verse 21 through 25, thank you, Gary, you did a great job. Just, I mean, wonderful, wonderful job. So Mark chapter 4, verse 21. 
And he said to them, remember, Jesus is teaching and he's kind of pushed back on a boat and everybody's listening to his words intently, making sure that they have the deep foundation of what it means to truly live for Christ. And so he goes into this and he said to them, is a lamp bought in to be put under a basket or under a bed and not on a stand? Now, the interesting thing is, if you love sarcasm, and this is kind of your thing, this is Jesus giving kind of a sarcastic understanding for people. Now, how many of you would buy a beautiful chandelier, spend tons of money on it, and then put it underneath your bed? Would that light really be reflected? And listen, the reality is, most of you don't want to see all the dust that's under your bed right now. But when you think about it, you wouldn't take that light and hide it underneath there. He also says, how many of you would actually take this light and put it under a basket so that nobody could see this light? Listen, one of the things that is understanding for us is that when we have light, we want it to show, we want it to shine. Jesus reveals, he says in verse 22, for nothing is hidden except to be made manifest. He said, listen, as much as you try to hide everything, even if you try to hide the light, God will reveal it. Verse 23, he said, if anyone has ears to hear, let him hear. Listen, Jesus is saying, I want you to understand this. I want you to grasp this and hear this. And he said to them, pay attention to what you hear. With the measure you use it, you use, it will be measured to you and still more will be added to you. For to the one who has, more will be given. And from the one who has not, even what he has will be taken. Listen, the reality is that Jesus gives kind of this stark warning. Listen, we understand this song and we say, don't let Satan blow it out. But listen, here's the reality. This applies to everything in our life. With the measure you use it, it will be added to you. Listen, for some, this applies to your talents. God has given you gifts and abilities and talents, but you refuse to use them for the glory of God. I want you to tell you, I want to tell you as a stark warning, those talents are in jeopardy of being taken away. This comes to giving. Everything that we have has been given to us by God. And if we refuse to give to his church, he's giving us a stark warning. It can be taken all away from you. This means our time. When we have all these amounts of time, but we're allotting them to the wrong things, this can be taken away from you. Listen, this can apply to work Whatever it is that you're doing at work, this job can be taken away from you. Do you realize that this kind of plays itself out in many ways? One of the illustrations I was thinking about as I was studying this, have you ever seen somebody kind of work through the ranks and get promoted a little bit quicker because they did underhanded things to get there? Well, listen, and then only to see them a year into that position that they work so hard to get to, have it taken away because of something unethical. Listen, there are no shortcuts to this. There's only hard work and using the gifts that God has given you. So I ask you, do you shine bright this morning? If you shine bright, these are the effects 
In Mark chapter 4 and verse 26 through 29, this parable is kind of given to explain what this light should look like. And he said, the kingdom of God is as if a man should scatter seed on the ground. He's giving us this gleaning approach that if we're going to plant crops, if we're going to plant seed, it has to be us waking up, getting up, and beginning to produce this or scatter the seed. He says, the responsibility of the harvest is not on us. Verse 27, he sleeps and rises night and day, and the seed sprouts and grows, and he knows not how. It's interesting that every time that you wake up and you see this seed begin to grow into something, you slept while God worked. The reality is that this is the understanding for us. He says in verse 28, the earth produces by itself first the blade, then the ear, then the full grain in the ear. And when the grain is ripe, at once he puts it in the sickle because the harvest has come. You know what our responsibility in this process is? Is that our responsibility is to spread the seed and to harvest. God grows it. Now realize, if you're in here today, Somebody has shared the gospel message with you. Listen, if you're here, it's because somebody shared the message of Christ with you. But if you look at this, it may be that somebody shared it with you years ago and it finally took hold at a different stage. So I want you to understand, we have a responsibility. We have a job to do. That job is to plant the seeds. This means to share the gospel, to tell other people about Christ. The reality is our job is not to convince them or to wear them down or to beat them over the head with our Bibles. God does that in the hearts and lives of people. So let me give you a clear understanding. So one of the misconceptions that we have is that there is no harvest. Everybody that's going to come to know Christ has already come to know Christ. In John chapter 4, verse 35, he gives us a clear understanding. He says, do you not say there are yet four months, then comes the harvest? He says, you're waiting patiently, and the harvest is already here. He says, look, I tell you, lift up your eyes and see that the fields are white for harvest. Can I be just direct with you this morning? There is a field in Pooler that is ready to have the light of Christ shining throughout it. There is a field in your workplace that needs you to shine your light as bright as you possibly can. There is a family that needs your light to shine bright. There is a neighborhood that needs you to shine just a little bit brighter. And listen, Pooler Bible needs you to shine brighter and brighter and brighter this year. So I ask you, is your light shining? So I found a little bit of an illustration that I want to share with you because I think it gives a good example of who we are and how our light is beginning to shine. And so I went on a spending spree and I bought a bunch of flashlights with different lumens and uh, I'll turn that receipt in next week, Terry. Um, 
But it's crazy to me because these things, and as I was kind of doing this experiment, I was amazed at the brightness of each and every one of these lights. And so it starts with kind of a, a small light that's not as bright, and then it gets brighter and brighter and brighter. And so I'll give kind of an illustration of how all of this is put together as soon as I find all of the flashlights that I bought. Um, and I want you to understand because this message is kind of given to help us understand how our light begins to shine. And so I want to start with this because this is kind of the one that you give your kids because you know that they're going to run the batteries out of it and they don't really need a whole lot, right? So this is the one that stays in the nightstand that if the lights go out, this is the one that, that kind of comes to it, okay? So I want you to understand each one of these, and this starts with 60 lumens. Then we'll go up to 120 lumens, 350 lumens, 750 lumens, and ultimately 5,000 lumens okay but let me start here can you go turn the lights off for me so this is the starting point how do we get this light on how do we start this it starts with salvation in Ephesians chapter 5 verse 8 it says for at one time you were darkness he said when you were without Christ when you didn't know who Christ was you were living in sin and you were living in darkness but here's what he says but now you are light in the world. Then he tells us, walk as children of light. He says, you're no longer in darkness. You no longer have to sit in darkness. You no longer have to stay there. So this morning, if you don't know Christ, if somebody just invited you, the reason that they invited you this morning was so that you could hear about who this Jesus was. In Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8 and 9, I love how this passage of scripture lays it out. He says, for by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not of your own doing. It is the gift of God, not as a result of works so that one may boast. He's kind of piggybacking the understanding of Mark where he says, you plant the seed, you scatter the seed. He begins to bring it to fruition and then you begin to do something with the harvest. So if you're here and you've never placed your faith and trust in Christ, this is the starting point. But listen, I want to move past this just a little bit because some of you have been Christians for a really long time and this is as bright as your light is shining and you're content with it. Listen, I gotta be honest, this doesn't drive out darkness in a big way. It's a small, insignificant light. The light is on, praise the Lord, but this has to grow. This can't stay the same. So I ask you, as I kind of challenge you to move just a little bit further, because the next step with this is to go up to the 120 lumens. So look, this is just a little bit brighter. It has kind of a little bit more of, of uh, shining into the darkness. It drives it out just a little bit more. And I could probably see the menu at the restaurant really easy with this. But then we get up to some of the big boys. This is 350 lumens. You think about how bright this is. And so I want you to kind of relate and say, Jeff, I may be that 60 lumens. I may be that 120 lumens. I may be that 350 lumens. But listen, this is where we're striving to get to because these get a little bit brighter. That's 750 lumens. 
That's something that drives out the darkness. Wherever this light points, darkness goes away. But here's the big boy. And if you see the kids that stayed at my house last night blinded and covering their eyes, I walked into my office as they were doing an interview and immediately it was like the sunshine came into my office. This is the desire. This is where we want to go. Now think about that. That thing right there drives out the darkness. So this is the goal for us to shine this bright, for us to drive out darkness wherever we go. And so let me deal with a few reasons why you may not be shining as brightly as you should be. First reason is this, you may be too busy. You may be dedicating all of your time to things that are not shining brightly. Listen, I tell you, it is time to begin to shine your light in the correct direction. Can I ask you a question? Whenever you're in the dark and you're walking, do you not put the light in front of you? But for some Christians, for some reason, we're shining the light behind us. Not really worried about where we're going and what we're going to fulfill and what we're going to do. And a lot of this comes down to us being too busy to fulfill what God's desire is of us. Listen, another reason is that you may be bleeding into your surroundings too much. You may, and listen, the world may have genuinely convinced you that Christians should not shine very bright. They should be seen and not heard. They should be background people. And listen, you've become content with just a small little sliver of light going, look at me, I'm just a little bit bright. Can I tell you, this doesn't drive out much darkness. This is a great beginning point. This is a great starting point, but this is not where we should be as believers. It's interesting. The concept of a lighthouse. A lighthouse, as pictured on the screen, has a purpose. Imagine if the lighthouse was told, hey, don't stick out that much. Only let a few boats that really know where you are allow to be safe. Listen, a lighthouse is there to continually just go around and alert the boats to let them know there is danger here if you go this direction. So I ask you this morning, are you the light that alerts others? Listen, the world has taught us not to stand out or not to shine bright for Christ. And the reality is that we can shine bright for social issues, political issues, but for some reason we can't shine bright for God. I tell you, the only light that will, that will fix political, social, and other issues is Christ. Another reason why you may not be shining bright is that you're just not very concerned. One of the things that's interesting is that if you study out the Christmas tree, they actually used to put candles 
on the Christmas tree. Now, not really smart, but it's what they had, right? When I think about this, I go, man, they were so desperate for light. Can I tell you? It's time to start being concerned about the darkness that's around us. You've got to stop acting like it doesn't exist. I don't watch much news these days, but you can't turn on a news station or read a bunch of articles without understanding how dark our world is becoming. So let me give you a few results of a dim light. For years, I think that Christians have been content just being this tiny little dim light that if you strain enough or if you stumble in the right place, maybe you'll find it. The results of this are this. People get left in the darkness. I don't know about you, but I still like a nightlight. Anybody with me? And it just, it's one of those things where when you put me in just utter darkness, I want a little bit of light. Listen, can I be honest with you? There's people in this community that are in darkness begging for you to shine a light of Christ in their direction. For some reason. We've become content that somebody else should do it. If this same principle were applied to that farmer, he would be hungry and broke. The reality is that we are the ones that are supposed to be this light that's continually driving out the light or driving out the darkness. Another result of a dim light is that the world gets consumed with darkness. People never see a way towards light. When less and less people shine the light of Christ, it gets to be a very dark world. Then ultimately, people get used to living in darkness. It's interesting. Because things that were in my childhood that would have never been socially acceptable are acceptable now. People have gotten used to living in darkness. I don't know about you, but... I hate time change. Anybody with me? And when it starts to get dark, I leave it dark. I get home at dark and I'm like, man, all I do is work during the light. Why? Why? I just want a little bit of light in the evening. It's interesting that there's a place in Barrow, Alaska that does not see the sun for 67 days in the winter. As I was reading this, my heart broke. Because I wonder, how long have our neighbors, our co-workers, and the people that are in this community not seen the light of Christ? Because for some reason, we're content with this. So we understand that maybe you relate to one of these that's just a little bit better. Maybe you're this. Maybe you're this 120 volt. Maybe you need to jump up to the 350 lumens. 
Maybe it's one of those things that you've kind of grown to a point and you've outgrown this stage and you're, you're shining brighter and brighter and you're ready to go up to the 750 lumens. And maybe you're at this place and you've kind of stayed here for a little while and maybe you need to begin to take a step up to the big boy and begin to shine like this. Let me give you six ways that you can shine bright for Christ. That you can take this light and shine brightly. First is this. To live in such a way that others see Jesus in us. For some reason, we're good with hiding under a bed and hiding under a basket and not allowing this to shine brightly. Listen, the world around you needs you to shine in this way, to live in such a way that others see Christ in us. And for some reason, it's something that we've kind of stopped talking about and stopped being concerned about. And listen, some of you have been here and some of you have been to this bright stage. And listen, your batteries have become just drained. For some of you, this may be an easy fix because you already have the light. You already have a bright light shining. You just need new batteries. And the fix to this, the only way that we shine a little bit brighter every time we come into existence is by spending time in God's Word, by spending time in prayer. Second way to shine a little bit brighter is this that we reflect his character, love, and truth in all that we do. You know what's missing in our society right now? People with character. People that are willing to do what's right regardless of the consequences. People that are willing to stand on what is true. Listen, most people's character stops when it affects them personally. To be people that love, to be people that tell the truth in everything that we do. The third is this, by, people, by being people of integrity who others can trust. I don't know about you, but I'm kind of tired of people telling me that they're going to do something and not doing it. Anybody with me? And it's so frustrating. And we as Christians can just shine a little bit brighter by being people of integrity who others can trust. Fourth way that you can shine just a little bit brighter is to be kind and compassionate, patient, and forgiving. Listen, the reality is that our world needs more kindness in it. It needs more compassion. Do you know what shines really bright in a dark world that is not compassionate? Compassion. Being patient. Listen, this is not my favorite topic. By being patient with somebody, allowing them to grow and forgiving. And it shines so bright when you don't write somebody off 
when they've done something that's wrong and you work together as Matthew chapter 18 lays out the principle that you go to them lovingly and confront and that you win them over for the future. Fifth is this, living our lives to point others to Christ. It's time for us to take the light of the gospel that God's given us and point it towards Christ, not towards ourself. And then last is this. As great as evangelistic living is, as great of an example as you can be, the reality is it does come down to you telling people about Christ. You have to use your words. In a society where people don't interact and don't talk to each other near as much, you have to use your words to tell people about who Jesus is. You may say, Jeff, I don't really know what to say. This is something new to me. The simplest thing, the simplest understanding is this. Tell them about what Jesus did in your life. You know what nobody can refute? The change in you. When you begin to tell people, listen, I was in darkness. I know that you know who I was, but Christ saved me from that. And I'm not perfect, but I'm growing in it. And now I want to be that light that points you towards Christ. Let me close with this. Will you leave here today content with this? Listen, this is a great tool. And if I gave out all 12 that came into that pack to different areas, we could really come together and maybe just shine a little bit brighter. But imagine what God can do with a church with people that are just shining. And, and listen, some of you may be this bright, some of you may be this bright. Listen, some of you may be here, and as you're continuing to grow together, you're walking in the direction that God's called you, and eventually now you begin to drive out all darkness. So I ask you, will you grow? Will you grow in this? Will you stop being content? Everybody would bow their heads and close their eyes. The worship team is going to come forward and sing and close us out with a song. I started with a question. And I want to end with that exact same question. Will you let your light grow a little bit brighter this year? you find a dark area and begin to shine in it. For me, God's given me the opportunity to be the chaplain for Pooler Police Department. One of my desires is to shine bright when people are having their darkest of days. 
Listen, that may not be for you. But you may have a neighbor that needs to see the light of Christ. Kids, you have people at school that are around you that need to hear about who Jesus Christ is. You are that light. For some, it may be coworkers, people that you've worked with for a really long time. And listen, if I'm honest with you, the people that need Jesus the most are the rudest, ugliest, nastiest people at your job. For some reason, instead of shining the light towards them, we just avoid them. We never let our light shine really bright around them to keep a target off of us. I tell you, that's not what God's called us to do. He's called us to plant seeds, plant seeds, plant seeds. He will bring the harvest. And then our responsibility is to disciple them and grow them and help them become a little bit brighter. Which light are you today? 60 lumens, 120, 350, 750, 5,000? Whatever it is, you need to take the steps to be a little bit brighter this year. Dear Father, I come to you humbled and thankful for the way that you love us. We're knowing that you are a good and gracious God. Father, thank you for shining on the darkness of Jeff Hubbard and using me as one of your lights. Father, no matter how dim the light is that the people brought in today, Lord, may they leave here desiring to be brighter for you. And there is a harvest in our community that needs to see you, that needs to know you, that needs to know your love. Or may we be the church that shines brighter and brighter and stronger and stronger. For those that need a battery swap, Lord, help them to switch it out, begin to shine as bright as they possibly can. Father, may you be glorified in everything that's done here this morning. In Christ's precious and holy name we pray. Amen. If you'd stand with us, our, our worship team is going to sing a song of invitation. And as they sing this song, beautiful song that kind of closes out this message, that this altar is open to you. One of the most special things about an altar is that it's kind of that first step. It's kind of that, that light that kicks on for us. Maybe you need to spend just a little bit of time here asking yourself, how can I shine bright for Christ this year? Whatever it is, whatever the Lord's doing in your heart, allow him to move and allow him to grow you a little bit brighter today.